welcome to new life ag podcast we've been having a wonderful excel series over the last few weeks and finally we've come to the last of this series and we've had some really special people among us who we have had conversations and heard their stories about how they were able to excel where god placed them in and today among us we do have another special person so nice to have you uh miss isaac miss isaac rajkumar is the india general manager for open text and you have joined open text at a very early stage of your career and uh you grew from there give us a little bit of uh, an insight into your story yeah thanking thank you for having me suraj yeah. uh, so before i go about the journey let me talk about a little bit about my current responsibilities yes, and please. i'll start from please. there yeah Uh, so as you said i work for a company called open text yeah. it's uh, we are headquartered in waterloo canada mm-hmm. and it's a global company almost 30 years old uh, with about 15000 employees worldwide and uh, over 3.5 billion dollars in revenue so it's a fairly large company with yes. a footprint of maybe over 80 countries we have offices mm-hmm. and so on uh, my current responsibility in india is i head our organization in india mm-hmm. which is Uh, roughly over 3500 employees uh, we have two large centers in hyderabad and bangalore mm-hmm. and which you know accounts for 20 to 25% of our global uh, you know employee base oh, in nice. india yeah. and my responsibilities like you said is uh, one is the operations which is heading our operation the second uh, is also the product development i i had the product development organization from india mm-hmm. So in terms of starting the journey itself it started maybe uh, about 23 years ago in Austin Texas uh, at that point of time I took up a job at a company at that time called Vignette V I G N E T T E mm. okay it was a small startup at this at that point of time with uh, less than 200 employees and a very small number of people in the core product development about less than 20 10 to 20 employees mm. so I joined that organization as a software engineer mm. I mean the company was growing and as you can imagine at that point of time the whole internet and the dot net and the technology boom was there yeah, so true. so we were in that space we were building not websites but we were building software that is used to build uh, websites right? the back end content management system it is called so uh, that was a very uh, interesting part of the journey at that point because uh, starting as an engineer uh, i grew into a senior technical leadership role in architect role in in austin at that point of time and uh, also got to work on some very good work with good peers so that eventually led to you know eight patents that were awarded by the united states patent office so that was a good uh, uh, at that point a nice accomplishment from a technical career point of view uh, but then uh, interestingly around late 2004 uh, early 2005 uh, this opportunity came about in terms of starting an operation in india we did not have any presence in india yeah. and we wanted to grow in india so i i got this assignment to go get started right so yeah. so i was employee number one in the india context of yeah. uh, vignette when we started in 2005 mm-hmm. time frame mm-hmm. so that is when uh, my wife hepsiba me and my sons nishant and uh, suman so we all moved here they were one and four years old at that point yeah. of time yeah. both of them were born in austin so we moved here so the journey uh, since then has been uh, up to what has led my in terms of my role it is the same you know heading uh, operations in india but uh, at that point of time it was one employee and employee number one today it has grown uh, to a much larger responsibility 
so along the way what happened in 2009 we were acquired by a company called OpenText that is how today it is OpenText Open right. and uh, OpenText didn't happen in the operation happen have any Indian operation at mm -hmm. that time so the uh, acquired entity became OpenText in 2009 so again at that point we were again little less than 200 people in India but then lot of growth happened as the company continued to do well and mm -hmm. and and grow yeah. Uh, so that's where we are and uh, also the good part is you know uh, because of our growth we got recognized at both in Hyderabad and in Bangalore we have received awards from the STPI mm -hmm. for our growth in Bangalore for our growth and also for our diversity mm -hmm. so all around when when I look back uh, the journey has had two parts one is a technical career one is you know manage management career yeah. so looking back uh, this has been my journey to summarize. Uh -huh. In my conversation with you, I've noticed a passion where you have a heart to let people build their career. Right. You know, that's a word you've used, right. you know, when we were talking. Right. How does one build their career? What would you Correct. suggest? So, so there is a subtle difference between a job and a career. They're not separate things. Mm. But when you think about a job, it is usually about certain responsibilities you are fulfilling, which is, you know, here is the set of things yeah. you're supposed to do, and then you get a reward for it. Mm. Uh, career is about, you know, over a period of time, maybe 10, 20, 30 years, are you able to make an more and more impactful contributions mm -hmm. and more and more impactful responsibilities in whatever your chosen profession is, right? Mm -hmm. So career is about that. So the mm -hmm. question is about how do you really marry these two mm -hmm. so that you continue to have a fulfilling contribution and impact in whatever field and the profession you are correct, in. Correct. Uh, obviously, you can do it two ways, right? Mm -hmm. So one is you can, you can be in a current job, look for another opportunity where you get increased responsibilities, maybe some other growth and so on. That is, you know, that is a typical way of uh, doing things. Nothing right or wrong about it. That is one way of doing it. But then staying in a company has its own advantages, right? So I will give my example as such. Uh, I had never been to Hyderabad before uh, this assignment came oh, up. Hepsiba okay. uh, has not been and we, have, we did not have any uh, network, social yeah, network, network, nothing. Yeah. So it so happened in uh, 2004, um, our company had centers in Waltham and San Francisco. We decided to consolidate that in Austin and we decided to set up a new operation in uh, Hyderabad in partnership with a, part with a vendor here. Mm -hmm. So I was a senior architect. They said, okay, Isaac, why don't you just go meet with them and come, right? I mean, it was there was no other plan. So I came and met with them. Then on day two, I felt, you know, it looks like there is an opportunity to, you know, create something out of it, right? Mm -hmm. I think it is in a nascent stage. Mm -hmm. So I talked to my wife and said, okay, shall I go ahead and ask whether there is a role here? Because there was no role created, no, they were not interviewing anybody. Sure. So Hepsiba was uh, supportive of that. So then I uh, talked to my boss at that time. Uh, looks like I can be more impactful here in terms of my contributions mm -hmm. and uh, creating more value to the company versus, you know, sitting in Austin, continuing in my technical role. Yeah. Uh, so in a day, he, he came back and said, yes, right? And they made an announcement. So. This is for a job that did not have a job description. Mm -hmm. they, they were not interviewing anybody. It didn't even exist, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And in terms of my qualification for that job, I had never managed teams. I had not worked in India for 12, 13 years. I worked initially for two years in Delhi. Yeah. No management experience, no India operations experience, no, uh, you know, really there is yeah. not much of any sure. ability in terms of proven record to do any of this. Sure. Thing. But still, you know, you get, I got an opportunity to do this. 
So when I think about this, right, these sort of opportunities do not come in another company, right? For example, if I try to apply for this job in anywhere else, they will look at my resume. You have, you have there is, yeah, you know, it will no be eliminated, apply, right? Yeah, People true. would not even look at it. True, true. So the difference is there are such big impactful opportunities that are possible in the current company because people value whatever you did in the past mm. and they might give you something that you have never done Absolutely. before right yeah. but you cannot get that in a new organization so this is where i feel you know you one has to you know consider this aspect of it very well before you people think about you know maybe i take up a different job maybe in the current uh, job company itself you might find something that is a lot more different and value adding true, right true. That's a nice story of loyalty to one company, you know, and it's also a story of progression. You progressed from being a tech guy into leadership. Yeah. What, did that come naturally to you, leadership, or did you have to develop that skill? How did that happen? Uh, so it's yes and no. I will answer the no part of it uh, first, right? Yeah. When you are a leader, there is also a lot of competencies that are required and what you are leading, right? So in terms of that, obviously I was not prepared for a role like this where to have the raw competencies in terms of setting up an organization, uh, do, getting payroll done, getting finance organization set up, getting HR set up, facility, yeah. security, yeah. all of these things, right? Obviously, there is a lot to learn even on the people front, you know, how do you provide feedback? Mm. Uh, how do you manage performance? How do you do manage compensation? How do you retain people? So there is a lot of things to learn in terms of core competencies, right? So in that way, uh, is anybody at all prepared in uh, dealing with any new assignment? The answer is no, right? I think we all have to learn along the way and I continue to learn. But then what is the, the yes part of it is, I think in my view, the most important thing is about uh, is there a clarity of vision, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so I, I mean, I think at least in when I think about this assignment, I had a clarity of, you know, I really want to be a part of creating an organization that uh, drives a lot of innovation and uh, contributing to the company's success. That is one part of it. Mm -hmm. And as long as, you know, all your actions, your commitment, your authenticity and everything, your behavior, what you're working on is all aligned to it. Along the way, you have to maybe uh, uh, get some competencies. You need to maybe I did an executive MBA at ISB because I did not have a business education. You do a lot of things. So in the end, what you see is people are really looking for that aspect, right? I think the whether the, the person has a clarity of thought, clarity of vision, and do people feel, yes, that vision is something they can align with, and also is a person also, you know, really committed to that vision, mm -hmm. right? Once that part is established, I think, uh, I think the leading part, you don't have to explicitly go ahead and say, I'm going to lead you all into something. Mm -hmm. you, you have something and then people have the ability and willingness. They also have the same mission. I think people are there with you. So I think that has been my uh, thinking about, you know, leadership. I think everything else I would look at more of management skills or other skills or competencies you need to develop. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think being in a leadership role where one doesn't have a vision, but has a position and uh, you want to do something because of the position, but not having a vision and a 100% commitment to it, then I think everything else kind of unravels, doesn't work out uh, that well. Right? I, think, I think you said it right. I mean, if you have a vision and if, you, if your direction is right and you're giving 100%, yeah. people will automatically, right. you know, follow you and uh, will respect you. Right. One of the things I'm sure you are doing as a leader is mentoring people, mm -hmm. right? Other leaders, right. because that's one of the core competencies of a good leader. Right. 
what do you look in people when you when you pick people up to in leadership positions what are the qualities you looking look uh, for sure so uh, if you can think about our organization from the time we started today at that point of view is small so today we have almost 250 people in people leadership roles right because we have a 3000 people organization so you have lovely you know one is a 10 one is a 15 people are leaders so obviously when you are trying to fill a position initially i did not have the right uh, perspective on what are the to even be able to answer such a question what are the two three things that come because you are looking at skills can this person do but subconsciously something else is going on that you are making a decision on people in a role yes. but when i actually few years ago when i reflected on it right i think there are probably three things that i see as you know common denominators right uh, so one i see as energy right mm. meaning you should have the energy right i mean if the energy level is not there how are you going to lead an organization or people sure. right so that is uh, one thing i felt second there has to be an element of obviously intelligence right in the context of that job function it is not about you know iq but well, in the context well, no. of the job there needs to be intelligence maybe aptitude maybe emotional intelligence there has to be intelligence mm. uh, why i call these out separately right sometimes you come across people who are very very smart but don't have the energy to you know yeah. do things and they It, are either way also either way also doesn't work you might have a lot of energy but then maybe you might end up wasting a lot of yeah. uh, people's time so sure. these two are important but third and the most important i would say is integrity mm. right mm. the reason that is most important is imagine somebody without integrity but with energy and intelligence mm. you create the worst of the situation right even if you have somebody like that in your team it it really kind of spoils the whole situation yeah. any levels of the organization whether if you are part of a leadership and so on so though i mentioned last you know the other two things okay little bit plus or minus you can work with and develop people this but if integrity is like kind of a deal breaker in my opinion so mm -hmm. so that i think also the, when you establish a culture right from the beginning mm -hmm. uh, and i think people then buy into it right it becomes part of you know integrity you don't have to talk about integrity as such you talk about really other things in terms of you know being passionate being able to mm -hmm. work but i think once once it is part of the culture itself right mm -hmm. uh it it becomes you know part of everybody's yeah. behavior on a day to day basis yeah. and integrity is something that is so crucial mm -hmm. uh but what if i am a person and integrity does not come naturally to me mm. does your relationship with god help that in any way has has that uh connection with god helped you in your work to stand for your values and stand for what you believe uh can you tell us so so if i look at it in um, my case i didn't have to particularly go through the thing of okay does it come naturally to me or not naturally to me mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but then when it comes to other people in the organization you don't see people without integrity that much right mm -hmm. most of the people are you know they want to earn a living they want yeah. to have a good yeah. career and so on mm -hmm. but once in a while you do run across uh, come across people at different times mm -hmm. but then what happens in a big multinational company like us there is a lot of code of ethics and behavior sort of a mm -hmm. thing that is ingrained as behaviors that is expected part of the culture part of the culture yes. itself and also written down what is code of ethics right so that just so that even people inadvertently do not end up in a situation their integrity gets questioned mm -hmm. 
So now in a leadership role, you are conscious of some things, even on an inadvertent level, something could look odd. And if you're always, you know, mm. uh, helping your people to make sure they pay attention to that and then do it, then over time, what happens, things don't come up to you. There is nothing that shows up as because they know very clearly it is not going to pass through various levels of judgment in the organization. Yeah. Uh, so at this point of time, honestly, it is, it is really nice that we, we have been able to create a culture where integrity is part of it. Your story seems phenomenal. I mean, uh, you've had things work for you at the right time, but I'm sure it was not always like that. I'm sure there were some times when you did struggle with certain things or you've been facing challenges. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, sure, definitely, Suraj. I think uh, if you, you're absolutely right. I think at this point of time, looking at it, the story looks all positive. But the uh, other angle to it, there are several times that could have been a big downside, right? I think yeah. the, the protection against the downside, whatever it is not, the downside may not be terrible, uh, but it could have been also a downside. I think the protection against the downside is, a, is really a blessing, yes, right? Yeah. Uh, if I think about it, you know, I, good, I got this assignment uh, to do this here, but it could have gone bad any any number of times, right? And and we felt, okay, worst come, okay, we could always maybe pack our bags and go back to, to the US, right? Uh, but then at the same time, it did not happen. So the downside was, was really protected. Then I had, you know, three, four manager changes. The person who gave me this assignment, he left the company and now remotely building relationship at a leadership level and having this level of accountability. Uh, if they had not, it did not end up in a situation where they were also kind of aligned and supported, right? The downside would have again be a, uh, you know, you don't, you don't get to complete the story at least to this extent, right? True. Absolutely. Uh, the third thing I would think of is when we were acquired by OpenText in 2009. Yeah, Right now, if you think about many times an acquisition of a technology company in India, many times they would have an operation in India already. True. So it would have either created an awkward situation for me if they had a head in India. Then okay, you, you okay, you the senior person or whoever stays or the familiar person stays. It could have become a downside, yeah. uh, or they might have said, okay, I, we don't have any commitment to India or commitment to you, or we don't like you. We will change somebody. We will do something. So the the. The part here is when I think about even my career uh, throughout and all of these points, mm. there were inflection points which could have become a big downside, true, right? True, true. This is on the professional side, even on the personal side, having two small kids when we moved here uh, at a place where we were uh, we yeah. were really not familiar with. New place, uh, yeah. new place. And we went through some real estate challenges at early stages, sure. which, which we came out of fortunately. And obviously to remain healthy enough to be able to, you know, uh, be able to do it. And then at the end feel, you know, our kids have been able to also start and finish in the same school until mm -hmm. 12 standard and go back and have a college admission. So when you, when you look at it, there could have been downsides at any number of places, right? Which yeah. is really, you know, it, it is no credit to anything that I have done or my yeah. family. It is all a blessing that, uh, that we received at. Yeah, so. beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> The one thing I want to ask also is, I know you value family a lot mm -hmm. and uh, work is important mm -hmm. too. How do you balance those? I mean, either of them and also your commitment to the church and mm -hmm. to the Lord. How do you handle that uh, as, this is a personal question because yeah. I am somebody who does that as yeah. well. Yeah. So I want to find out how you handle that. <laughs> so for me, the lot of balance comes from my wife, Hepsiba. Yeah. Uh, so if you really think about it in the US, uh, she also finished her master's in computers and she was working. And after both of her kids, when we moved to India, we made a decision, it doesn't work 
for both of us to work in a technology industry Absolutely. from India. It doesn't yeah. work. Mm -hmm. So she took a break, which turned out to be, you know, almost like an 18-year <laughs> break at this it point. It was not intended it. to be this long. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> I don't think she expected it to be that long. So I think uh, I'll have to respect that, you know, she, she yeah. took that responsibility True. on. Uh, sometimes that is not always you know, uh, credited enough, right? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, clearly. So I would have to really uh, yeah. say that the balance and everything comes from uh, yeah, She handles that front that for you. Front and us, yeah. uh, that way you're released to yeah. uh, spend more time and work. Yeah. This is the last of the Excel series. Sure. And in every one of the podcasts, we've asked this question throughout, yeah. uh, is if there is somebody who's looking up to you mm. and aspiring to be mm. what God wants them to be, to mm. excel where they are placed in, mm. what would your advice to them be? Okay. Uh, so as, as the small term I would say is ownership mindset. I will explain what this means, right? right? Yeah. Uh, if you take an example of somebody who is running their own business or a technology startup, 90% uh, of them fail. Mm. Right, 90% of them fail. So yeah, the bar true. is very high. You need to be on the top 10th percentile for you to be successful. Mm. Right. Now, if you look at a corporate job, the lower 5% or the 10% is seen as underperforming typically. Mm. Right. Some it is somewhere yeah. in the single digits. So the pass mark is, you know, you are as long as you are not in the bottom 10th percentile, okay. you are you are okay. Right. Yeah. So at one end, as an owner of a business or something, you have to be in the 90th percentile. Here, as long as you are not in the bottom 10%, you are okay. But in terms of the people, the people in an organization or a big corporate also, the potential and the capabilities are as much as, you know, it is not like somebody is starting up. It is not like, you know, the capability is not there. Yeah, yeah. So the question is, okay, how do you really um, create a level of performance culture amongst oneself mm -hmm. to say, okay, even in this environment, I can really create a performance from myself, which is at a 90th percentile, mm -hmm. right? So it goes beyond if you are a, you know owner of a business you don't think what is my role and responsibility do am I supposed to do this or not you mm. think okay I have to do this yeah. right you don't have something you just to, own it yeah you just everything. own it right yeah. or you don't think uh, what is my work life balance right uh, oh it is six, after six o'clock do I have to attend to it it is not that you are working twenty four hours a day mm. but there is an ownership mindset. Correct. So in a corporate world, what happens is, yes, there are roles and responsibilities, but there are a lot of areas that are not clearly articulated as roles and responsibilities mm -hmm. for the taking. People mm -hmm. can go and do that, Correct. the interest of ownership of the job, of the company, and whatever they want to achieve. So I would uh, really advise people, whether you are, in, even if you are in a you know, corporate environment, think and bring that ownership mindset and try to bring a 90th percentile performance in that, right? Mm -hmm. And over time you do that, I think that adds on to, you know, you end up doing more, you're learning more, you bring, build more credibility, you gain more experience and it really serves you well for the very long term. Thank you for spending this time with us and sharing your story. I am sure it's going to be a blessing to many of those who are listening and watching. We have come to the end of the Excel series and we've had some phenomenal stories, phenomenal conversations. And I believe that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for logging in today. We will continue with a new series from the next podcast. Thank you for watching and listening. God bless you.